welcome if you're an old soul, Speedy. The old phrase of the day is, got the morbs. <laughs> got do ya? the morbs. Do ya? Ooh, I, you know I do. You know what I, I think. do. Who hath morbs? It's Espoli Dominic. <laughs> you seem very morbid today. Hmm, why are you so morbid? Is it because you love the movie Morbius? Is this phrase just from like three months ago when Morbius came out and got a... Wait, can I look up what Morbius' Rotten Tomatoes is right now? Because it makes me laugh every time. Is that mean to laugh at Rotten Tomatoes of Marvel movies? Or it's not I Marvel. mean, it's, uh, it's called Rotten Tomatoes. It's about true. throwing fruits and, and That's mockery. a good point. Uh, this is mm. 17%. Anyway, what 17. do you think? Ooh. 17%. <laughs> That's actually much I lower think, than I thought. Well, it's still higher than your success rate at guessing <laughs> what the old phrase of the day <laughs> the old means. phrase of the day. So let's see if you can beat Morbius today. We'll ump your percentage a little bit. What do you think got the morbs means, S. Molly Dominic? Got the morbs? Well, I'm trying to think of what morbs would be short for. You know, It's exactly same what you way- think it means. Really? Oh, because I don't think anything, so I guess oh. it means nothing, Danny. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that is my final answer. What is nothing, Danny? Yes, what is nothing? Well, I'm going to say that morbs is short for morbid, and <laughs> this is not it. If you are watching uh, a scary movie, or maybe you're, you're contemplating your own mortality, you've got the morbs. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> I am going to give it to you. Really? S. Molly <gasps> Congratulations. Yes. You pretty much got it, but didn't stick the landing. But I think it's the closest we're ever going to get. So congratulations. <laughs> I appreciate the pity you have taken on me to allow me to no score. <laughs> Thank you. So it's at, this is from at DigiVictorian on Twitter. Our good friend Lee sent it to me. Uh, and I was like, I'm going to use that. I don't know if it's true, but if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you were alive in the 1800s and want to let me know if this is real or not. Um, apparently, got the morbs means, even the definition is um, sounds like it's from the 1800s. Temporary melancholia. <gasps> abstract noun coined from the adjective morbid. Wow. So while I don't really think melancholy and morbid mean the same thing, um, you got the word morbid. So I'm giving it to you. You, you, what is the game show? You, my friend, got the morbs. Got the morbs. Well, I'm actually shocked that this is from the 1800s, though, because it does sound like the type of of thing that people say now, like where they shorten things. That is true. Yeah, I've got the morbs. We should bring back got the morbs. We should bring back got the morbs. I've got the morbs. Yeah, because people are always like, I have the Mondays. Or they'll, you know what I, okay, this is a great old soul topic that I think will alienate the audience and we'll probably lose three of the ten. Um, oh, but, which is a bad ratio for us. So. Yeah, but better than Morbius. Um, <laughs> do you hate the phrase mid? Yes, and mostly because I don't know how to use it. <laughs> it's basically saying that something is only average. Right. It's mid. Right. I've, I've um, never used it in a sentence myself. I'm, I'm scared to use it. It also sounds a bit uh, condescending, I think. I, I'm, I've never heard it used in a non-critical way, which I guess is the point of it. But Yes. Like, yes. But to, quote, to quote the musical Hair, it makes it too <laughs> easy to be hard. It's so easy to comment <laughs> mid. I think it's it's too easy. You got to really I miss the days when you really had to think of an insult. You know, you had a, you really wanted to nail him. And now it's just like mm, mid and you win and that's it. And that's it. That's true. Yeah. Right. Um okay. Um so we're talking about a lot of things today and we apologize for being gone for about a month-ish. Um we were both sick in our own ways. Can't get into it too much, but we needed some time off and now we're back full throttle. Um we're going to be talking about the resurgence of our favorite Kate Bush. Speedy and I have a long history with Kate Bush. We sure we do, her, Daddy. So we sure oh. do. So thank you, Stranger Things. We're going to talk about, even though this is some older topics, we haven't gotten to them yet, though, uh, Harry Styles versus Mick Jagger. And mm-hmm. I get to take a victory lap on Dolly Parton, finally making the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, which has been discussed in this podcast. Yes. But first, we have a mystery topic 
that I have withheld from you. I told you there's a mystery topic. I'm not going to tell you what it is. It ties into something that's been discussed on this podcast. And I know you're going to be upset. And that's why, and I think all (laughs) friends will understand this, friends who have friends, I'm giddy. (laughs) I'm giddy to upset you. When you have something you know is going to upset your friend in like a fun way, it's currency. Like I can't wait to cash this in already. Oh, man. Because I did not realize that the point of the mystery topic was specifically to upset me. So I'm going to need to take a second to let the anger boil. Yes. So that you can Please. properly have your moment of, of glory. Mm. What, what could you this don't be, even need, actually? You don't even need to let it marinate. It's it's gonna it's like an air fryer. It's gonna start cooking <laughs> immediately. It's not you're you don't you're not gonna need time to like let it like hit you. You're, you're gonna immediately be like, I hate this world. <laughs> Goodbye and good luck. <laughs> I'm getting on a spaceship. <laughs> okay. I am centered. Hit me. Okay. I swear if you saw this, because every time I do this, you've seen it already. And I'm like, that's so mid of you. Okay. (laughs) What if I told you, according Mm -hmm. to Vulture, Mm -hmm. the Pulitzer Prize in public service Uh has been given to... Uh A specific AMC commercial <gasps> featuring <gasps> one Nicole uh, Kidman. You know what? I'm so excited, Danny. This is the opposite reaction. I love that commercial. <laughs> I think it's so funny. <laughs> According Danny. to Vulture, Nicole Kidman has what? won the Pulitzer Prize for her little what? AMC commercial that what? plays before the movie that you've already paid to see. Sorry, continue. I mean, well, for uh, I, oh, I don't know how to react to this, Danny. I am so I'm split into two because one, I mean, the thought that someone could win a Pulitzer for that—complete insanity. The world has <laughs> has devolved into chaos. How is that a public service reminding us that we like movies? Why do we need to be reminded that we like entertainment? I do not see how this is a public service. I'm flabbergasted. On the other hand, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen. It's so awful. To me, awful and amazing are the same. It's so awful, Danny. It's great. I love it. And the only thing that makes living in Los Angeles not the worst place in the world is when you go to a movie theater and everyone recites it at the same time. Because <laughs> only in L.A. everyone's been to the movies enough where they know all the words to that yes. commercial. Heartbreak feels good in a place like this. <laughs> I, literally, I literally watched the watched it back and took notes of different things that Nicole Kidman says just so I could like, read the quotes back to you or to anyone who hasn't seen it before. Um, but that was like my favorite one that I wrote down was somehow heartbreak I feels good in a place, in a place like, this. like this. It's ridiculous. Um, and the fact question that is, she's talking about cinema as this high art and she's watching Jurassic World and Wonder Woman. You know, it's... She's uh, not watching, like, Fellini or, like... Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, the question is, is this crazier than her being nominated for playing Lucille Ball for an Oscar? That's oh, my question. That's how it What's circles crazier? back. Because we discussed it on this show when we talked about... Me- meet the ricardos and she was nominated um for playing somebody who's about 15 years younger than her and not from australia at all yeah uh, but she just won a pulitzer prize for a commercial about a movie or the right. idea of, of movies yeah High concept Ooh, that that's a tough one which is the worst offense it really is <laughs> how tough. do you do it nicole kidman how do you, <laughs> how do, do, you it? do it <laughs> um yeah. I would say that this this news is so absurd that I can't help to love it. I embrace I the absurdity of this, whereas the Lucille Ball thing just makes me angry. You know. Uh, yeah, I think at this yeah. point all awards are um, jokes in a lot of ways. Like, yeah. I don't know. I think I've gotten to the point in my life because I, I grew up in a family that didn't like sports, so the Oscars were like our Super Bowl and. 
Hmm. Now I'm at the age when I watch the Oscars, I'm like, you know, these are rich people <laughs> clapping for each other and, you know, yeah. giving each other a good pat on the back for being rich. I mean, I would love to host one day. Oscars, I love you. Um, <laughs> Oscars, saying, if you're listening. <laughs> awards feel weird to me. So, yeah, give her a Pulitzer Prize. I think it's great. I We should, right. though, Go for anyone who hasn't seen it, maybe haven't been to the movies in a while or haven't seen it on TV, basically there's this commercial from AMC that's like Nicole Kidman walking into an empty theater trying to pitch movies to you. Is that fair? Do I have that right? Oh, yeah. Right. You've already sat down to watch the movie. You bought your ticket. But, yes, she is pitching the experience of movie watching to you to remind you to enjoy the leisure activity that you paid for. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so how much of it do you know by heart? Oh, that's a good question. Uh, It's hard without it playing in front of you. Right, it's hard without playing in front of you. But I can definitely pull out certain lines. Of course, the highlight, which we already said, somehow heartbreak feels good in a place like this. (laughs) As she watches Gal Gadot be Wonder Woman for a second, (laughs) she expresses that she is reborn. She has been reborn. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The real question is, what's funnier? Meet the Ricardos or this commercial? Because one is about the funniest woman to ever exist. Right. And the other is supposed to be pitching movies like a very sappy um, raw experience that you can't get anywhere else artistically. So which yeah. one's funnier? <laughs> <laughs> right. Meet the Ricardos should be funny. But, is, but it's not. And this, this not. should not be funny, but it is. But it is. Yes. They, they, are, they are opposites of each other. Um, uh, which which shows fourth. an incredible range, if you think about True. it. True. She's like, hey, I'm Lucille Ball. <laughs> and then this one, she's like, hello, my movies are crazy and beautiful. That was terrible. Um, that was, was that even Australian when I said mate? Even on like the, the gimme word? No. no. It, it almost skewed uh, or cock, cockney. <laughs> <laughs> Governor, I'm from kangaroo land. <laughs> um we love all of our listeners in australia sorry um if you're not sold gmail.com if you can do a better australian accent you can send it to us especially if Uh, you're from australia you could just speak and then send us that yes yeah sure you could just email us like that was wrong mate (laughs) sorry i will now um give what i taketh i'll make fun of how jews sound now so it's all even Oi, what are you doing? Hey, <laughs> it's me, Bernie. Ugh. All right, now I've insulted myself. Excellent. If you know anything from Fiddler on the Roof, this would be the time. Uh. <laughs> um, Speedy, <laughs> you don't get to make fun of me. It's okay, I'll be Italian okay. for a second. Uh, hey, I'm mad all the time. There we go. <laughs> You know, as someone dating an Italian girl, that was... Cur- no, I want to sleep tonight. Okay. Um, <laughs> moving on. I did write down my four favorite lines, but I feel like we've exhausted the topic. You should move on to all of our other topics. Oh. Um, I, I suppose we could go just blow past it. Or if you want to do a speed oh. run, I'll laugh um, at each one very quickly. Efficiently? Uh, very efficiently. Oh, yes. Thank you. Okay, here we go. Okay. Um... We come to this place for magic. We come to AMC theaters to laugh, to cry, to care, because we need that. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Nicole. We need that. <laughs> we need to care. I already paid. <laughs> like $20. <laughs> I must care, or I would not leave my house yes. in a pandemic. What's the deal with getting chastised when you already paid? <laughs> Ooh, that, that was pretty Jewish. That was pretty good. Thank you. That was Seinfeld. It was Seinfeld. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Jewish. <laughs> I just, I feel like the commercial reminds me of like when you'd be late for class in school and the teacher yeah. yells at the whole class when everyone who's there is on time. Right. Yes. I'm already there. I did it. Yeah, Why I, are you yelling it. at me? I already paid for my ticket. I care. I'm, I'm watching you obediently. Okay. <laughs> I'm here. I'm the one who's here. <laughs> um, you already said these. Not just entertained, but somehow reborn yes. together. Oh, beautiful. 
confused. Somehow heartbreak feels good in a place <laughs> like this. She keeps saying the word somehow. She's like, like I've been money off this for 30 years, but I'm still perplexed how it works. <laughs> Wait, that's just how, how magical it, it is. I'm not jaded by this horrible, horrible industry. It's, it's just ah, titillating. <laughs> She's like... <laughs> Also, the pure absurdity that she goes to AMC theaters to to watch anything. You know, Nicole Kidman with her stilettos stuck in, uh, you know, popcorn sludge. (laughs) She has a home theater. Uh, Stories feel perfect and powerful because here they they are. are. But you have to whisper it because here and look dead into the camera, they are. They are. What? I hope so, because I already paid. paid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting here waiting for the movie to start. Maybe I won't come back if the commercials keep being a half hour. <laughs> right, because this They're place... running out of ideas for premieres. So now it's just like, here's a commercial for movies. For movies. <laughs> right. Like, I think the idea is that her her magic is supposed to wrap you up in the experience and and set you up mentally Mm. to watch the movie but to me it just reads that they aren't confident that the movie's gonna really scratch the itch for you and they're like we we, we gotta try to convince them that this was worth the money we've raised our prices we gotta find a way what's funny about it to me and then we'll finally move on i'm sorry everybody yeah i guess we're we're 20 minutes in on this but i love this sorry i know (laughs) i knew you'd be excited or i thought you'd be upset um is that like so the movies they show in there are like you said like jurassic park and wonder woman and it's like the people who are probably watching this are probably seeing a superhero movie right or some sort of um franchise that's already established you don't need to pitch them on superhero movies and established franchises. Like, they're already probably there to see it. They're probably there to see Doctor Strange or Spider-Man. Right. So why aren't you pitching them on, like, indie movies? Right. Right. Well, and maybe maybe that's the key, because they can only show this to people who have already bought the ticket. So if you're a person that's going to buy a ticket to an indie movie, you probably don't need convincing but if you've gone to see Wonder Woman, you might just be buying the ticket because it's something to do. That would be my but guess. But don't convince them. Don't convince them that there are superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> They're That's there true. to see one, probably. So why are you showing them proof that they exist? Show that there are other movies that they can be seeing. What's the deal with showing superhero movies to superhero moviegoers? <laughs> true put put killing of a sacred deer in that screen nicole oh no don't unpack your la-ness on our audience oh, no. okay um don't be like i took the two to the ten of the four and i went sign a new pta movie <laughs> if i if i start to sound like that on the podcast i need someone to send me an alert in fact if you're an old soul at gmail.com Yes, please. If, if you could write in and save me from myself, I would appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to Kate Bush. Uh, real quick, though, because I feel like on this podcast, uh, sometimes it's like our responsibility to commemorate somebody because I'm not sure if enough people are doing it, but we're the ones who care. We're the ones who care. Yeah. About <laughs> when people die. It's true. <gasps> we We have production meetings a lot. Speedy and I, where we're like, are we just going to be the podcast about who died? <laughs> because <laughs> it, the biggest news in old soulness is usually when somebody passes away. Right. Right. For a while, it seems like every time someone passed away, oh, does that trigger a new episode automatically? Do we just ring the it's death hard. bell? When Meatloaf died, I keep talking about this on this podcast. <laughs> I bawled my eyes out. I was like, Speedy, we're doing a whole episode about Meatloaf. <laughs> We did not. Yes, we um, Anyway, uh, I don't know if enough people are talking about this. So Ronnie Hawkins died, who was like a singer from the, the 60s. And um, the band called The Band. Do you know The Band? Do you know The Band called The Band? Oh, of course. I mean, I'm also a they Bob Dylan formed... person, so, you know. Oh, true. Yes. That's fair. So The Band famously backed up Bob Dylan until they got famous. But before 
they backed up Bob Dylan that they originally all met because they were backing up this guy, Ronnie Hawkins, and they were his backup band called The Hawks. So um, RIP to Ronnie Hawkins, and thank you for mentoring one of my favorite bands of all time. I have multiple of their vinyls, and I listen to it constantly because they are so full and yet country, and I love them. <laughs> and uh, thank you, Ronnie, for existing, and if you're an old soul, salutes you. Thank you. That was a beautiful tribute, Danny. Amen. Amen. You know what I'm just realizing? Thank you. We have not discussed the most important news in If You're an Old Soul. I didn't even write it down in our notes to talk about it. We haven't. Well, when you started to say that there was an important old soul death, I did think that's where you were going. Oh. Okay. Uh. All right. Let's. Okay. Um, um, I'm so stupid. It's because we haven't been on in a month and a half, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it, but it's a very big deal to us, um, and we... We want to thank, well, actually, Speedy, you always said her name on this podcast, so would you like to say it? I would like to say it. Kane yeah. Tanaka. Oldest. Uh, we saluted you. Yes. The oldest living person. Yeah, we we pretty consistently saluted her for a while, and then we kind of dropped off, which I do think, I know, we, we talked about what would happen if if she passed. Um yeah i don't know should i look up who the oldest person in the world is right yeah that's true we don't know who our new person to salute is this is an important moment yeah apparently it's according to guinness world records it's juan vicente perez who was 112 112 how old was wasn't Kane like 118 she was 118 and she might have turned 119 but i'm not sure that's quite um, a bit anyway, time pass. You, you were a big part of our podcast, um, Kane, and we we took inspiration from you, and we salute you, and um, we're sorry we weren't there. We should have had an episode that day. We should have. But we love you. We, we thank you for um, existing. Being, yeah, existing uh, for a long time, and you still exist in our hearts, in our minds, and um, wherever we go when we transition to the great beyond. Thank you. Amen. Two beautiful salutes, Danny. Well, I've got the morbs. the word to circle back and it never does and this know, is how it finally does it finally is because our podcast uh unfortunately features a lot of people passing on because we worship older eras so wow i i swear that wasn't planned i, I was gonna say just, i don't feel like that was premeditated no i was not sitting on that like oh if she says one more thing i'm gonna come out with my big joke because i wasn't thinking jokes i was thinking sadness but then yeah. You know, you asked me about it. Mm. Okay. Let's talk about something a little more cheery. Yes. Goodbye, when a, death. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk about when a 14-year-old girl thinks she's going to be ripped into a million pieces while Kate Bush plays. <laughs> yes. I guess general spoil alert to the world if you haven't seen season four oh, of Stranger you're Things. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. But Sorry. also, okay. we got to talk about not, it, though. Yeah. <laughs> yes. This will not be contingent on whether you've seen or finished Stranger Things. Given. Did I just give it away? Not really. No, I, I think we've committed to the topic. I think we got to just. Yeah. We've warned them. <laughs> That's fair. Spoiler alert. Um, so. A song that is extremely pervasive. Most Stranger Things songs you hear once, and then they're on to the next homage. Uh, <laughs> and they're on to the next song um, from the 80s. And this time, they were like, actually the theme of part one of our last season. So essentially, our penultimate season is all going to be contingent on Kate frickin' Bush. Yes! <laughs> 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm It'll feel how it feels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. And the plot. <laughs> it's a happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the plot point is that the song is good. That's what I love about it. The point. Yes, it's that it, it, it's so good. If someone was trying uh, to murder you uh, telepathically, uh, it could bring your heart back to reality. Yes. In this this beautiful, beautiful metaphor about getting sucked into sadness, would you say that the character who was saved by Kate Bush had the morbs? I would say so. <laughs> she definitely had the morbs. Yes, she was you targeted got the morbs. for having the morbs, and Kate Bush saved her from said From morbs. the morbs. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is funny, and I was thinking about this, like, I've never really thought of Kate Bush as somebody who's rooted in reality. Yes. That like what makes her special. That's a wonderful how out way there she to is. think about this. Yeah. And yet her job is to bring Max back to reality. Right. Yes, yeah, somehow Kate Bush is grounding her to <laughs> to real life. Not a thing yeah, I would normally think. I love the way you thought about that. Um, Thank you. I well I saw I was reading a lot of quotes about Kate Bush. And there was one, I think it was from Rufus Wainwright. I should have just copied it. Um, but he basically said that uh, the LGBT community has embraced her so much because she seems like somebody who's, like, already out there that she could never go back to, like, in there. Like, yeah. I'm paraphrasing horribly. But basically that she is somebody who is unapologetically herself, even if it's different. Yeah. She's proud of it. She wears it proud. Um, oh, yeah. Let me read everyone the numbers about how much Kate Bush has uh, – resurface because she's somebody who is very famous in england and has inspired a lot of musical artists but she kind of um disappeared for a while and this has really brought her music back um okay this is according to variety the songs the weekend it came out the songs global streams on apple music went up five thousand four hundred percent whoa percent yike percent wow <laughs> Um, she a song I believe went to number two in the UK charts last time I checked it was Battling with Harry Styles <gasps> Kate um, Bush Battling with Harry Styles yes now that is something yes. I would watch and the song only peaked I think at like number 30 when it came out in the 80s oh my gosh and now it's number two in the UK so it's doing better than it did when it came out wow that that's actually blowing my mind. I I knew that the song was popular right now and it's all over tiki taki and all the things, but yeah, to hit number two, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't know if it's at number one. Yeah, it peaked at number thirty, nineteen eighty five. Uh, wow. Her only number one song is "Why You and I Love Kate Bush." Oh yes. <laughs> Wuthering Heights, which came out when she was nineteen, went to number one in the UK. Uh, so Speedy and I. Let me paint this picture. We love this song by Kate Bush so much. It's incredibly weird. Uh, I read that she hadn't even finished the book when she wrote the song. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, <laughs> I read that somewhere. That's true. It's amazing. Um, but it has, it's just like, she sings this very high-pitched voice, and she's singing about like a ghost in the book, Wuthering Heights. And it's so catchy, and it's so fun. Um, Speedy and I, on my birthday in college, we one of our friends surprised me with like a private karaoke room, which I had not heard of that, so that was really cool. Um, and we were we were right on the precipice of our third hour, and Speedy and I coined, queued up that song, <laughs> and we sang it so loud, so terrifyingly, so excitingly, that our friends were like, "You know, guys, it's getting pretty late." <laughs> <laughs> This is fun and, and all, we but ended uh, the night. <laughs> <laughs> we ended the night with how much we love that song. <laughs> Which, yeah, I, I, in retrospect, uh, yeah, it, it's a strange song to to listen to if you haven't been exposed to Kate Bush just as it is the real song, but to have two uh, crooners, I don't know how to describe how we sing, Danny, but to be singing not a, well, not well, to be singing an already strange song. Uh, in a high-pitched shriek in the dead of night. Uh, you know, I, I think we did our friends a disservice that day. Sorry. 
But she's back, baby. And there's nothing you can do about it. Kate Bush is back. When this song came on, were you like, is that Kate Bush? Well, you know? Well, I I actually, Danny, you kind of ruined the surprise for me. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, because you texted me and you said, like, oh, there's an appearance in Stranger Things. What I did not expect, though, was for it to be used as an actual plot point so many times so many times that was the surprise (laughs) in that first episode of coming back to more kate bush yes more and more yeah right it was a a good mood piece in that first episode and i was like oh cool that people are excited about her because of this one usage no uh well let me let me read you what she said she posts on her website about it she doesn't really post a lot but she said uh the 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 Subject line just says Stranger Things. And then she said, You might have heard that the first part of the fantastic, gripping new series of Stranger Things has recently been released on Netflix. I think that's right there. It's like a British thing. Like, I think they say series. We say season. Mm-hmm. Um, it features a song running up that hill, which is being given a whole new lease of life by the young fans who love the show. I love it, too. Because of this, running up that hill is charting around the world. It's all really exciting. Thanks very much to everyone who has supported the song? I wait with bated breath for the rest of the series in July. Best wishes, Kate. Kate, she's excited. She's made excited. Happy. I like happy Kate. Yay! I like happy Kate. Happy Kate. How humble of her to make her moment of of glory, the resurgence of her work. She made it more about the show being good. I'm excited to see part two. Isn't that I know. just Kate? What a sweetie. What a sweet. <laughs> I think she's saying, like, I hope it comes back for another five episodes. Yeah. <laughs> in the next Please keep using my song. It's, it's still your favorite song, right, Max? You're not tired of it? Please. <laughs> have I showed you, uh, you know, kids a lot of the times in high school have to read classic novels. <laughs> what if they had to read Wuthering Heights, which I had not finished, allegedly? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, um. Since I did the research, let me cash it in. Uh, oh, please. This is from The Guardian. I want to read to everyone how beloved Kate Bush is. Apparently, Outcast Big Boy is a huge fan. Oh. And he once spent a month in England, quote, just to find her. They eventually met during the Before the Dawn shows, which was like her big um, comeback shows after she was gone for like 15 years. Uh, and he said, quote, I talked to her and drank some wine, and it was effing incredible, end quote. Apparently, T- Tupac was also reportedly a fan of Kate Bush. Really? Wow. Um, and Adele also cited those Before the Dawn shows as the reason why she started working on her album, 25. Really? Oh, So Kate. she's very influential. Very influential. People who know, know. And now everyone knows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna hurt me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you I wanna make a card, I make a deal, deal with God, God and get up to swap our places. Get up that road. Yeah, my my steady Galatine and I have started just saying rip dip dip heel. Because it takes too long to get up to that, you know. Because when you when you end up saying it, trying to match her pitch, you just end up saying rub a dub a dub. So, well, this reference might not hit for you, but that's my favorite lyric in the recent Bob Dylan song, "A Murder Most Foul." Rub a dub dub, a murder most foul. Does he really say that? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Highly recommend. Was it? Was this person killed in the bathtub? <laughs> you know what? It's uh, subject to interpretation. There might have been a rubber ducky weird, at the scene. Man. I cannot say. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. There better <laughs> be a rubber ducky. That's a weird song. Um, and this will be a good transition to our next topic. Kate Bush is not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. <gasps> no. I mean, I suppose I should have expected that. I should have realized she is still considered fringe somehow, even though she's so influential. But it is a shame. But do you know who's about to be, yes, Molly Dominic? Do you know? Oh, you know I do. And I know. Because I know. Because a certain man on this podcast predicted it. 
He cried out to the heavens and said, why isn't she in the Hall of Fame? <sighs> Thank you. So so here's the thing. Uh, we talked about this on our episode with Brian Stack from Conan and the Late Show. Um, Lovely fellow. And I had read that the singer Brenda Lee was the first woman inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Country Hall of Fame, which then made me be like, wait, is Dolly Parton in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I looked it up, and she's not. And I, I brought it up to a lot of people. And some people were like, oh, but D- Danny, um, she's country. She's not really like rock and roll, mate. And I was like, <laughs> listen, Madonna's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And I'm not saying she doesn't deserve to be. I'm just saying, clearly, if you're influential in pop, that is now rock and roll. Dolly Parton is extremely influential. Okay, she gets covered by Miley Cyrus. All the time. Everyone knows how to play Jolene. My guitar is in the other room, but if I went and got it, you would see that at some point I learned and then forgot how to play Jolene. <laughs> I didn't prepare for this moment. I am so excited that they listened to me. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Rock and Roll of Fame. You're welcome for the idea that I'm sure was all me. Oh, yes. I, I do think r- responsibly we can and should take credit for this solely. <laughs> <laughs> um, also entering the hall... Uh, Pat Benatar, Duran Duran, Eminem, The Arrhythmics, Lionel Richie, Carly Simon, uh, Harry Belafonte, and Elizabeth Cotton will be honored with the Early Influence Award. So it's a it's a good year. Yeah, very good year. Ooh, Eminem, that's Again, an interesting one. If Eminem is making it, which is fine, <laughs> I get it. At this point, rock and roll is basically um, pass the torch to rap as the you know what the kids listen to. Um, I'm cool with Eminem being in there. But Dolly Parton actually plays an instrument. So let's get her in there, okay? <laughs> right, and she has a whole theme park, you know? If you're Yeah, and she's beloved. Yes, absolutely beloved. You cannot say that she has not made a humongous stamp on the world. She's a household mm-hmm. name. And she, and she donated a million dollars to the vaccine research. Oh. I believe. I, did I not believe know that about true. Dolly. I believe she donated a million dollars to Pfizer. Don't quote me on it, but I know she donated a million dollars to one of the companies. Oh, man. Okay. Now that I've taken my victory lap and we have uh, confirmed our our responsibility for Dolly Parton's legendary career, (laughs) um, here is a list of bands that are now not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we can start complaining now. Because in my culture, we complain as soon as possible. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) And I, like your girlfriend, are always upset. (laughs) Always upset. Um, the Smiths. Okay. Yeah, they're they're influential. Uh, Jethro Tull, Oasis. How is Oasis not in there? They're a big band. Interesting. Huh. Willie Nelson. Will Willie Nelson's still not in there? No. Come on, guys. Come He's alive. Just do this thing. Just do this thing. Yeah, I feel that if people who are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame have covered you, then you should be in That's there. That's a great point. That's why Dolly should be in there because everyone's. I will always love you. It's been covered a lot. Right. Um, Wu Tang Clan. Come on, guys. Yeah. Get him in there. Get him in there. Wu Tang Clan should be in there before Eminem gets in. And I think Eminem should of get course. in, but he should be after. Yeah. Of course. Also, I should say this now Eminem, if you play an instrument and I insinuated that you didn't, but you're actually like really into the cello, I'm sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't have said you didn't play an instrument before. It's true. And uh, Eminem, if you are listening, we would appreciate if you wrote in um, to our if you were an old soul at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know how you feel about um, yeah. Kate Bush. <laughs> um, the Monkees. Really? You know, I guess people are like, hey, they're like a TV show band. They're not real, but they had a lot of hits, so I feel like they should be in there. Yeah, they should definitely be in there. Like, I think, like, Neil Diamond took, like, 40 years to get in there. And it was like, guys, come on. Get over yourselves. Yeah. He's got a lot of hits. Yeah, he's got huge hits. Oh, you know who's not in the Rock and Roll of Fame, Speedy? Jimmy Buffett? I don't know. Probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> um, uh, Captain Beefheart. So. You know what? I, I think he's got to be in there. Got to have that It's not the beef. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Until Beefheart's in Until there. Until Beefheart's in there. That's a campaign I would get behind. Captain Beefheart? Oh, yeah. All right. Now that Dolly's in there, our podcast is, is um, stamping its flag, planting it in the ground on planet Captain Beefheart. 
Get him in the hall. Get him in the hall. Get him in the hall. However, beef in the I hall. Not beef in the hall. What? Beef in the hall. I, I, ju- I just want to say, um, yeah. I only know like one song by him, and I haven't really researched this, so I have no idea if uh, he has anything that's morally corrupt in his past. I haven't I haven't really looked into it. So, you know, we're supporting Captain Beefheart, but there's a big asterisk for we haven't researched if he's been canceled at all and if he's, he's totally fine. You know what I mean? Just, I just want to say that we have no idea of his past or really who he is. No, that is that is an excellent point. Um, in our blanket defense, I will say, separate the art from the artist. But also, I know it's not that simple. <sighs> oh God. Not when you're the captain. That's <laughs> when you are the captain of beef. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and you, when you accept the leadership position, you're accepting the responsibility that comes. Specifically, when you take over a domain as large as the beef heart. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Man. You know, but, um, but now okay. that meatloaf is gone, we need a little beef. What can I say? That's true. We need some more meat in the hall. Yeah. Meat in the hall. Meat in the hall. Meat in the hall. Meat in the hall. Okay. Speaking of things in the Rock and Roll of Fame, let's finish with Mick Jagger and his quotes to uh, the Sunday Times in London, I think, um, about Harry Styles' new album, which is no longer new and came out like a month ago, but we didn't get to talk about it back then, so we're saving it for last now. Yes. Da, 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 da. First off, have you listened to this album? How much album have you listened to? I, I've listened to, to some of it. I, I have to admit, okay. I wished that I had sat down and just done a full album listen through. That was my intention. Um, it didn't happen, Danny. It didn't. I'm, I'm sorry. Who has the time? Who has the time? Who has the time? Uh, well, I'm now, assuming you have friends, the time. Did you listen to the whole thing? I've listened to it many times. <laughs> um, but I drive a lot. That's true. Um, according to our friend Scott Nover at QZ, who... Uh, has been on this podcast for our Wilco episode. Um, apparently, oh, he said, okay, Harry's house has already sold 377,000 copies in the U.S. on vinyl. Or no, that's copies in the U.S., including 219,000 on vinyl, about 58% of U.S. sales. According to music data firm Illuminate, originally Nielsen Sounds, that includes the biggest first week for a vinyl record since SoundScan started counting in 1991. So he's having a historic vinyl sale. So as a huge vinyl snob, I just want to say, you know, um, it's, it's a really good album. It's freaking slaps, dude. But, you know, it's no dark side of the moon with the candle lit. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, so many personas today. You've been <laughs> Jewish you have been vinyl, and you've been Nicole Kidman. <laughs> Truly impressive. It's a really good album, man. It's got a good vibe. It's a great dance record, but don't you dare compare it to Red Octopus <laughs> by Jefferson Starship. <laughs> That's real vinyl. Don't compare it to Machine Head by Deep Purple. Don't you dare. Get out of my lane. It's a good album. It's very fun. And I actually got mad because Pitchfork gave it as we like we like to talk about Pitchfork here. We actually had a Pitchfork writer on, and we talked about Charlie Watts from Rolling Stone. We sure did. Um, and I always like to read their stuff because it's um, always well written. And then I like to get mad about it because I get mad at everything. Uh, and they gave it a 7.2 because it, quote, lacked substance. Mm. Did you want Harry Styles to solve world hunger? <laughs> Can he just make a dance record that's very promiscuous and fun? Is, I mean, he can. That's allowed, right? He doesn't have to tackle something heavy. Right. Yeah. I. I, I don't think that's the uh, the space he exists in. Is I feel like that's an LA way to talk about this. There shouldn't be a lot <laughs> to unpack here. <laughs> oh, there uh. she goes with her LA terms. Um, it, it's just like I. I feel like. Um, you know, we have a lot of people who are making statements with music, and that's great. That's good. But I don't think it's fair to be like, why Why isn't this pop star doing that? Right. You know? Yeah. What? Because, um, like, you know, the Beatles started off with, like, Love Me Do and Hard Day's Night, and they weren't trying to be political. <laughs> Eventually, they got to songs like Revolution that were extremely political, but they didn't do that at first, and no one held it against them. 
And yeah, I, I don't think that if you've done one thing that's political, then you must always be doing that. You, you can touch on different things. Why would we put him in such a box? That being said, I've always dreamed of Pitchfork sponsoring this podcast, so Pitchfork, we love you. <laughs> and a 7.2 is exactly what it deserved. <laughs> to the decimal. Get your substance on, Harold. <laughs> right. Well, I don't know. I mean, th- there's different ways you can mind bend. Um, so just for the sake of mind bending, what I enjoy about Harry Styles' political statements. I mean, let's even say about his uh, sexuality, gender identity, all those things. I like that he just, he's like, this is who I am. I don't need to put a word to any of it. Let me just be, man. Mm. That that seems to be the way that he approaches things, you know? So, yeah, yeah I think him just continuing to be on this record and make what he wants, to me, that feels right. Good for him. It reminds me of this quote from uh, Bo Burnham's um, like outtake special from Inside that came out last week. Yeah. Where he's like doing this bit about like people getting mad at companies or no, yeah, people wanting companies to like make political statements now, and he's like. I just want Dippin' Dots to comment on child trafficking. Is that too much? (laughs) It's like, we can't expect everyone to make political statements, okay? He's just trying to make a fun record. Right. Oh, I I, I like that a lot. Of course, yeah. Anyway. One of my favorite jokes from the original was Sweet Thins talking about Lyme disease. Anyway. Yes. Yes, yes. That's a better one because I think I got my quote wrong. So that's a better one. Yes. Butterfingers and Wheat Thins and like different foods like commenting on Real life issues. Some things can just exist as uh, wheat thins and hairstyles. And hairstyles. <laughs> so Mick Jagger, who I totally evaded there, my bad. Uh, he said because people, were, I guess, were comparing the two of them a lot. Um, now keep in mind, Harry Styles did do an impersonation of Mick Jagger on SNL in 2017. So yes, maybe Mick true. saw that. Who's also been on SNL? Maybe didn't like it. Who's to say? <laughs> he said uh, to Sunday Times, "Quote." I like Harry. We have an easy relationship. I used to wear a lot more makeup than him. He doesn't have a voice like mine or move on stage like me. He just has a superficial resemblance to my younger self, which is fine. He can't help that. Uh, Another quote. Come on. I was much more androgynous, and he doesn't have a voice like mine or or move on stage. Okay, I said that. Um, I just wanted to get that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the quote. What do you think, Speedy? Oh. Um, I think the comparison of androgyny is interesting. Um, I'm not. Yeah, sh- I don't remember. I don't remember Mick Jagger wearing pearls in a dress on a magazine cover. But what do I know? Yeah, but yes, but what, what do I know? Yeah, right. In my personal opinion, I think that Harry is out androgynying him, but also it's not a competition. Yeah, okay. more importantly, it's not. I think people just compare them all the time. Mix like, guys, um, I like, uh, I did rock, guys. Right. <laughs> I I did a song called Paint It Black. Harry has never done anything close to being that dark, guys. Right. He's singing about sushi restaurants and love. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've got that cinema. Um. However, did you know that one time, I believe this is true, if you're an old soul at gmail.com, if you were there and it's not true. Uh, the Rolling Stones were all in the pool, and somebody called the cops on them because they thought it was a bunch of naked women. Because <laughs> they were at a hotel, because their hair was so long, and they called the cops. So Mick Jagger's been doing androgyny for a while, Harold. Yeah, I haven't seen Harold get arrested uh, for... <laughs> Just being in a pool. Being in a pool. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I don't... As the old soul podcast... I get it because, like, um, they're not alike at all. They're just yeah. two British people right. who sing. But, like, 
I don't think of Harry Styles as like a bad boy. And the Rolling Stones whole thing was being like the counter to the Beatles and being the bad boys. So I just don't really get it. Yeah, I don't I don't really get it. And but you definitely could say that both Harry Styles and uh, Mick Jagger are ladies men. They appeal to the ladies, mm. but in very mm. different ways, you know. I feel like Mick Jagger would try to uh, seduce me backstage, and I feel like me and Harry Styles would go on a moonlit stroll. You know, just very, very different types of, of ladies' men. It's just, yeah, just very, very different. Yeah, it's almost like their primes were like 60 years apart. <laughs> 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 so they're incredibly different yes and very different cultures <laughs> yes very different times in life yeah um right i mean but I, I just thought it was funny that they were wasting his time on that question but i mean people talk about it so they might as well ask him right yeah i mean it's just just funny to me that the comparison is is even coming about i guess that's what mcjagger is saying he's like yes we look alike and there isn't anything else that's that similar about us but his quotes also kind of come off as defensive like hey don't don't you go comparing harry styles to me like eh, i don't think you need to yeah. defend yourself about that I, I i get mad when people like try to force a comparison like when people feel like a need to assign a previously famous thing to modern things in order to give it more weight we have to be like this reminds me of blank which is essentially um the function of our podcast, but uh, we won't dwell on that. <laughs> Stop taking our thing. Only we get to compare modern people to old people. How could you do this? I take our niche. That's true. Maybe that's why his comments rubbed me. I'm like, oh, you're getting too close to the thing that we yeah, do. We do that. We do that. Okay. And you know what? You know who Harry Styles really reminds me of? David Bowie. You got it wrong. Earth. Yeah. Earth. Yeah. How about that? Planets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Planets. Right? David Bowie? You know? Yeah. Planets. No, you don't see plural. It? Yeah. Do you, you think David. Don't you think he's more like David Bowie than Mick Jagger? Oh, certainly. He's like a singular pop star who's androgynous and likes to make fun dance records? Absolutely. Right. Shocking the world with the way that he presents himself. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And likes to act. He's in movies. Yeah, and, and likes stuff. to act, yes. Thank you. You see, world, next time you want to compare somebody to a previously established famous person from 50 to 60 years ago, <laughs> you come to us. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame did it, and you can do it too, okay? You're welcome. <laughs> you know what, Danny? Uh, that pitch you just did, that was a little Nicole Kidman of you. If people are 55 minutes deep into this podcast, do they need a pitch about why they should listen to this podcast? <laughs> you know what you should do more when you're at the movies? Go to the, the movies. movies. <laughs> Go to the movies more. Go to the movies more.